Today on Ag News Daily. Each of those last two years, we have planned it out up to the point of cancellation. So, you know, really for this year, it was, uh, you know, just rekindling everything that we've done over the past couple of years and adding in some new components and so forth. Good afternoon and happy Thursday from the Ag News Daily Podcast. It's Ashton Carr joined by Delaney Howell. And I had to look down at my calendar just to make sure my days were correct. I'm all thrown off today. Yeah, we've missed you on the podcast this week, Ashton, but you have been busy moving to a new house apartment. What are you moving into? Yes, I moved into my first one-bedroom apartment. I'm living alone. I'm a little nervous about that because I thrive off other people, but I don't know. I've been here for about a day and a half now, and I'm liking it so far. (laughs) I have to admit, the best move I ever made was when I finally moved in to get my own apartment and lived alone. I think everybody should live alone at some point in their life before you get married. But uh, I personally flourished living alone, even though I'm a people person too, Ash. And I mean, I like to go out. I like to do things. I like to be around people. I'm an extrovert, but I do like living alone. Did like living alone, I should say. Yeah, I think I'm going to like it. I was jamming out to some music while I was getting my work done this morning because I don't have any neighbors really right now. So I'm in my own little world. (laughs) Well, that's okay. That works. Well, Delaney, I know that I've missed a couple of key news stories this week. I did listen into some of your discussion with Dawson, but why don't you go ahead and just kick things off for us today? Maybe what have I missed this week? Well, I don't really have any updates on the JBS South America story, but I do have an update on Brazilian weather. As I reported last week, last Friday, I believe it was, Brazil's issued a water emergency for the country as there are severe drought, is is severe drought in a number of key growing regions. Well, we have now seen some updates here on that front that while that drought is continuing and that water crisis is going on, it's in, it's in, blah, 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 I can't talk. It is expected to impact river navigation. And it's speculated that transportation costs are going to be more expensive for commodities, which makes sense when you think about it there, since a lot of uh, commodities do have to travel at some point over or through waterways down there in Brazil. But according to their infrastructure minister, he said that cargo ships would have to deal with a disruption to water navigation on the Tiet Paraná waterway. Not sure if I pronounced that correctly, but they're trying to divert water to power generation and uh, less concerned at this point in time about water navigation. So he said, if companies are unable to use the river to make to move goods because water levels fall, they would have to resort to trucks. And I've not personally been to Brazil, but I have heard a lot of horror stories about the road and infrastructure down there in Brazil. And I don't think a lot of the uh, trucking routes that they'd have to make are very super great roads, Ashton. So that could be a little bit of a concern for those folks, uh, Brazilian farmers down there. Well, Delaney, on that same note of transportation, major shipping companies have warned clients of worsening congestion at Shenzhen's Yanishan port in southern China following the discovery of several asymptomatic cases of COVID-19. Yanishan International Container Terminal is one of China's 
busiest container ports with an annual handling volume of more than 13 million 20-foot equivalent units. And the port has imposed stringent disinfectant and quarantine measures since May 21st when the virus was discovered among port staff. And more than 40 container ships were anchored in open water outside of the terminal, according to tracking data that was shown earlier today. And in response to this, top international container lines said that they would be skipping some port calls to ease the pressure, while shipping sources added that some vessels may be rerouted to other destinations. Delaney, I mean, we're already into the sixth month of 2021, and I feel like we've had so many stories about ports and other, you know, shipping issues. So I feel like transportation, we really can't get a break right now. No, no, we certainly can't. And I haven't been paying super close attention to it, but I know that there's a lot of transportation bills and discussion going on right now in U.S. Congress. But I've got to be honest, I really have not paid close enough attention to have any sort of great analysis on what's going on. But I am going to continue here with another piece of somewhat transportation related news, this time talking exports. As we are continuing to watch Argentinian meat producers uh, protest the Argentinian government over the one-month suspension on beef exports that was declared mid-May, it's expected that talks will intensify with the government here because uh, we have not seen those protests let up as of yet. But the suspension is aimed at lowering, of course, domestic inflation there. But cattle ranchers say they disagree with the measure and in a protest have called to a halt all livestock sales that lasted through Wednesday. As of today, they're still on strike. Uh, But farm leaders say that the strikes may resume to include grain sales if progress is not made in talks with with the government. So we don't necessarily have a timeline as to when those talks should continue, but they are expected to intensify here pretty quickly. And according to the Ministry of Agriculture, between January and April, Argentina exported about 28% or 278,000 tons of beef that the country produced. And as we've talked about before on the podcast, China is one of the largest uh, meat exporter, meat importers of Argentinian beef. So they are certainly struggling, I'm sure, right now to receive some good taste in beef if Argentina does continue to go on strike here. Well, Delaney, like I was telling you before we started recording here, all of my stories today concern China, but this next one is really about their relationship with Australia. China is set to handle disputes regarding anti-dumping and countervailing duties on barley imported from Australia in line with settlement procedures at the World Trade Organization. And the Chinese-Australian relationship, especially concerning barley, has been one that we've been kind of paying attention to for quite some time now. And last week, the World Trade Organization agreed to establish a dispute settlement panel to resolve the China-Australia barley row, according to a trade source attending that meeting. In response to WTO's recent establishment of a panel to resolve the disputes, the ministry spokesman for China said that the Chinese government had always respected WTO rules and managed its foreign foreign trade accordingly. So it sounds like the fire is kind of settling or the dust is settling. I don't know why I said the fire is settling, but the dust is settling. That's a the saying there between this relationship between China and Australia. Yeah, and that one has been... 
heated for quite some time to pick up on your fire reference there, Ashton. I'm glad that you made some kind of connection. I don't know where my mind's at today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all right. No big deal. You've had too many days off, I guess. I know I need to start working my brain muscles a little bit more today. Well, let's see. I want to chat weather here for just a moment. Uh, I was reading through Eric Snodgrass's weekly, or excuse me, daily newsletter that he blasts out. And we're expected to see some pretty heavy storms spread out through the U.S. over the next couple of days here. A flash flood watch is posted for portions of North Carolina and Virginia, all the way into Tennessee and Kentucky throughout the mid-Atlantic. So they're anticipated to get some rain, but other portions of the Corn Belt may not. Uh, Here over the next seven days, we are trending towards drier in the western corn belt and northern plains pushing into the canadian prairie so those folks potentially should not see a whole lot of rain here over the next seven days and we are going to start to see some really excessive heat move here out of the west into the midwest and further on i think next week ashton when you're here in iowa for the world pork Expo, it's going to be pretty hot so i would definitely pack a pair of shorts or two Well, awesome. I just did some loads of laundry because I'm needing to start packing because I'm going back home to Dallas for a couple days and then I'll head on over to the DFW airport and fly out to Des Moines. I'm very excited about that. But I just have one other story to talk about today, of course, about China, because earlier today they said that the resumption of quote unquote normal discussions with the United States on the trade and economic fronts are apparently keen to move beyond a trade war as it is said that both sides aim to resolve issues pragmatically. China's vice premier, who has led trade negotiations with the U.S. before, has held two video calls with U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen in the past week, marking the first formal engagement between the two sides on trade and economic issues under the Biden administration. Of course, we've talked a little bit about at least the first conversation, and we haven't had much news on what exactly it was discussed, but both of these calls lasted about 50 minutes, according to the Commerce Ministry spokesman. And they added that conversations started smoothly and Sino U.S. trade, macroeconomic situations, and domestic policies were among topics discussed. It was also said that the discussions aimed at solving various issues come after a period of strained relationships between the world's two biggest economies, including a nearly quote-unquote two-year tit-for-tat trade war. So it sounds like here moving forward, trade is going to be a positive discussion between the U.S. and China. Well, that's great. I think this is really kind of the biggest first big piece of news we've seen here on that front, Ashton. I certainly think so. And the article that I'm reading from goes on to talk more in depth about, you know, what these conversations really entailed. And I'm going to put this article in our newsletter that'll go out tomorrow so people can look into it more if they're wanting to. But honestly, it sounds pretty optimistic. It certainly does. It certainly does. And we saw some optimism today in at least a few commodity markets. Ashton, what do you say we chat uh, market prices today? Let's do it. Well, we had 
a little bit of pullback today. When I was watching markets earlier on this morning, we did see soybeans up on the day, and now we've since pulled back. We finished pretty much all red across the board in the grain markets and a little bit of strength today in livestock. But let's kick things off here first in the grain markets. July corn down 13 cents today to close at 6.62. Dece down six and a quarter to close at 5.66 and a half. Soybeans were higher on the day at first thing this morning, but have since pulled back into some bigger losses. July shedding 13 and a quarter cents to close at 15.49 and a quarter. November down 10 and a quarter cents to close at 14.03 and a half. Chicago wheat lower today as well with the July contract shedding 11 and a quarter cent to close at 6.76 and a quarter. The Dece down 11 and a half to close at 6.88 and a half. Hopping over to take a look at livestock today. Mixed trade in the cattle complex is the live cattle contracts mostly lower feeder cattle higher. August live cattle today down 72 and a half cents to close at 118.52 and a half. The October down a quarter to close at 124.65. Feeder cattle higher today with the August contract adding 62 and a half cents to close at 152.95. The September up 70 cents to close at 155.50. And in lean hogs today, Moves to the upside as the July contract didn't quite touch new contract highs and finished 52 and a half cents higher to close at 119. August up 20 cents to close at 117. And wrapping things out here with our class three dairy milk futures. July nine cents lower today to close at 1780. The August up 11 cents to close at 1845. Now, Ashton, ahead of your visit here to Iowa and World Pork Expo next week, we are chatting today with Doug Fricky of the National Pork Producers Council. Well, folks, ahead of next week's World Pork Expo event, we're chatting today with trade show marketing for National Pork Producers Council, Doug Fricky, who's actually on his way to the Iowa State Fairgrounds right now to keep prepping for next week's event. Doug, we're super excited to have you on today. And I'm super excited that we're finally having the World Pork Expo next week. Absolutely. It's great to, great to finally get the event kicked off and uh, looking forward to uh Nice weather next week and a great trade show and a lot of hospitality for everybody to take in that attends. Absolutely. And I think folks are hopefully going to be itching to get out and about since we've not had two World Pork Expos in a row now, you know, two years ago due to African swine fever and last year, obviously due to COVID. But I hope a lot of folks are going to be itching to get out and get to the event. Do you guys have any preliminary estimates here for total number of guests and or exhibitors that will be attending next week's event? Well, from the exhibitor perspective, we have uh, over 400 companies that plan to attend. Um, those are going to be in the varied industries building, uh, as well as hospitality tents and outdoor exhibit space throughout the uh throughout the fairgrounds itself. Um, and, you know, all told, uh, that's over 700 spaces, uh, about 300,000 square feet. So it's a, it's a really good sized event from that perspective, you know, and that's, uh, that represents companies from obviously all over, all over the world, but primarily focused on, uh, you know, swine production, uh, technology, uh, educational, uh, those sorts of things that uh, producers can expect to see. So, Doug, like Delaney mentioned, we haven't had 
two consecutive World Pork Expos, of course, because of African swine fever and now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So with these two back-to-back cancellations, how has the planning for 2021 been? Has that just been kind of uh, super difficult or anything to, to plan out this year? No, not really, because each of those last two years, we had planned it out up to the point of cancellation. So, you know, really for this year, it was, uh, you know, just rekindling everything that we'd done over the past couple of years and adding in some new components and so forth. You know, example would be we moved the big grill from the Triangle to the south side of the Varied Industries building. Uh, registration is now located in the Animal Learning Center versus at one of the gates. So we've kind of reorganized and retooled some things to make it more uh, accessible when you get there and, you know, kind of condense things down a little bit, uh, you know, to to get folks uh, maneuvered around the, the actual event itself. Uh, we do not have the swine show, so that's a component that uh, we used to have, and, and we do not have that component this year, so there's no live animals at the event. And Doug, with biosecurity, obviously top of mind, especially for the swine industry, are there any new biosecurity measures in place this year and or any measures that folks coming to the event need to be aware of due to COVID-19? Yeah, actually, we've got uh, four checkpoints as you come into the fairgrounds as attendees. And the primary uh, attendee checkpoint is number one. And you'll go through um, the there's there's going to be additional signing. Uh, there's a there's a foot bath set up so that uh, folks can go through that. Uh, there's going to be plenty of hand sanitizing stations. Uh, we'll have masks available for those who who wish to wear a mask. We are following the CDC guidelines, so if you're uh, already vaccinated, you obviously don't have to wear a mask indoors anymore. Uh, if you're not, uh, we give you the option to to wear a mask, but it's not a requirement. Uh, so, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, we're open for business and ready to have people attend the event and have a good time. And, you know, the other thing that we've got is the uh, the actual seminars taking place. So, you know, we want folks to hop out on the website, uh, worldpork.org and take a look at the seminar schedules. Uh, Plan your trip out accordingly. Uh, There's 19 plus seminars uh, taking place, uh, numerous private meetings, but the seminars are open to everyone. And plan your day out. I encourage everybody to take a look because there's something for everyone in that list. So Doug, do you see any of the changes that you guys have made in relation to COVID-19 or any other biosecurity measures that you guys are taking? Do you foresee these being permanent changes to the way that Pork Expo operates in the future? Or is it a little bit too early to tell? Uh, It's probably too early to tell. Uh, Most of these are are actual things that we had uh, ready to be put in place in 2020. So, uh, you know, a lot of the concepts that, uh, that we have out there are just uh, executing what uh, was previously in the works. So, you know, the hand sanitizing stations and and those sorts of things, those have always been out there and we've just increased the number. Um, so there's there's just more opportunity to uh, to walk into uh, an area where you can, 
you know, grab some hand sanitizer or use one of the machines or what have you. Doug, I want to go back here. You mentioned the educational seminars. Folks need to be putting together a plan for what they should be anticipating for World Park Expo or those events that they want to make sure they hit. Talk to us a little bit more about what some of those educational seminars are going to be. What's the theme overall here this year? I don't have a list in front of me right now. Um, I would encourage everybody to go to the website and focus on uh, the actual schedule for the seminars. Uh, Those take place on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, We do not have seminars on Friday. Friday is a half day for the trade show. Um, So I would encourage folks to take a look at those specific seminars because to pick out one or two uh, would be kind of a challenge because I'm going to miss something that may be of particular interest for an individual. Well, Doug, we're super excited to actually be back on the fairgrounds next week. I can't believe it's already here, but we're super excited to actually be able to get out, see people, and just learn a little bit more about the swine industry. So I know that you've mentioned the website a couple times, but maybe throw out some socials for people who might not be attending in person and want to keep up through those mediums. Yeah, so if you go to our website, you can hop on to the other the other sites that are available. Uh, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, Facebook, so there's plenty of opportunities to catch up and and see some things that are happening. If you don't make it to the show, um, but unfortunately, you know the the best way to network and and see folks is to do it in person. So. You know, we're encouraging all those that are able to attend to uh, to make it out to the show either Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday of next week. Awesome. Well, Doug, thank you once more for coming on and talking to us today. And good luck, and hopefully the show next week goes on without a hitch. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks again there to Doug for coming on and chatting with us. I didn't realize that it it had been two consecutive years that we haven't had a World Pork Expo. So I'm sure that this one is going to be really exciting. I'm hoping that there is a good turnout, especially for my first time in Iowa. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ashton. It should be a good time. We'll have at least some nights. 